Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Inflation, COVID-19, and Hurricane Ian. It's enough to make you want to pull the covers over your head and just make the world go away. But life goes on. So what should you really do? How's about focusing on all the good that's happening right here in our town? For example, there are many nonprofit organizations investing millions directly into our community despite the tough times. I am your host, Bob Williams, where I try to find the most interesting people working on the most fascinating projects here in the greater Sarasota area. You see, I believe if you really want to understand the community you live in and appreciate all it has to offer, then listening to each other's stories is an absolute must. So every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll hear from artists and authors, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and many others share who they are, how they got into their line of work, and what they're excited about right now. I'm very excited to welcome Veronica Thames, Chief Operating Officer of the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. In this episode, you'll learn one thing most people don't know about Veronica, why she chose to move from the healthcare industry to philanthropy, how the Gulf Coast Community Foundation continually impacts our community in major ways, where their funding comes from, who can actually apply for funding, their current disaster relief work from Hurricane Ian, and much, much more. Thank you for stopping by today. It's my hope that you will listen, learn, but most importantly, Connect. Veronica Thames, Senior Vice President for Administration and Chief Operating Officer for the Gulf Coast Community Foundation. What a pleasure to have you on the Sarasota Stories podcast. It is wonderful to be here. Well, it's great to have you on because I have not had anyone from the Gulf Coast Foundation, and I know it has a big impact in the area here, so I'm really excited to get into not only your background, but what the foundation does, but I never let my guests off the hook before I ask him my very first question, my very favorite question, which is what is one thing that most people don't know about Veronica? Hmm. Perhaps the fact that I am officially, as my friends would refer uh, to us, an import. I was uh, born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, and I came to the country because of my dad's work. Uh, I turned 19 years old on the plane ride. I left and I was 18. I landed and I was 19, went from uh, winter to summer uh, overnight. And yeah, moved from Buenos Aires um, 
downtown uh, active city to Boca Raton, Florida. So Culture Shock was the name of the game. Uh, and I started college at Florida Atlantic University a short two weeks after that uh, and was incredibly blessed um, with that opportunity and also uh, the career that I got to start uh, over on the East Coast that led me to my master's degree um, at uh, Nova Southeastern University uh, with um, focus on business and human resources. My goodness. I'm sure that was a cultural shock. And, and we were talking before we hit record. I was happy to get you on the show. I was excited to get you on the show because my favorite country outside the United States is Argentina. And I've spent time in Buenos Aires and Ricoleta, as we say, in, since I'm from Cincinnati, not Ricoleta, but Ricoleta. I <laughs> uh, spent time there and also in the northern uh, territory of Argentina, the Salta regions. And uh, boy, I love that because that is big country, the saguaro cactus and desert and high high desert and whatnot. But it's a gorgeous, gorgeous country. What What do you miss about Argentina? Wow, uh, the people, the culture, the food, uh, the uh, the international flair, cosmopolitan type of life. It is uh, yes. the twenty four seven activity. Um, but I have to say, I am beyond blessed. I've gotten to live in a few places, um, L.A., Orlando, up north, down south, uh, before and <clears throat> the East Coast. There is no better home for anyone than the blessed region where we live. We have it all. We have the most active nonprofit community in the country. We have the most incredible arts organizations serving our community. We have the beautiful beaches and the scenery we get to look at every day. And uh, we have suburban, family-focused, value-focused communities that help each other and are truly there for each other in a time of need. And, and we've seen that recently with the, uh, the emergencies that we are experiencing. So it's, it's a wonderful um, gift to live here. Well, I couldn't agree more. And if you ever decide to leave the Gulf Coast Foundation, you could be a great spokesperson for um, Visit Sarasota because oh, yes. uh, it, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we love living here ourselves and have been here since 2015. And I couldn't agree more. It is a cosmopolitan area. It's very surprising because it's such a such a small city, such a small area with the arts and the beaches and everything. And it, it is very, very lovely. But what we want to do is we want to get into a little bit more about, you know, your background, because once you graduated uh, Florida Atlantic and you went on and got your master's and whatnot, you spent a good part of your career in the healthcare administration arena. What did that look like? And then why did you decide to get into philanthropy? That's right. I um, I am, as I like to say, a recovering healthcare administrator. <laughs> <laughs> Worked for the best hospital corporation in the world, uh, where the smartest people in healthcare work. That is HCA. Um, and, and as you can see, I I didn't get to actually leave it. I uh, get to be the vice chair of the board uh, for Doctors Sarasota Hospital, uh, incoming chair next year. So I'm uh, grateful to still be part of the HCA family in one way or another. Uh, but yes, it was a very different experience, certainly community-focused uh, and um, and health and human services-focused. But I had the opportunity to start within the human resources world and then expand and expand and expand uh, my duties to other departments and a couple of uh, what I call um, tours as interim chief operating officer 
uh, of large facilities. Um, so I had a lot to learn and I did uh, and uh, partnered with my supervisor now, Mark Pritchett, our CEO, um, a force to be reckoned with um, back in the day, 2009, uh, where he was launching what is today known as Career Edge. Oh, wow. Okay. Focused, uh, yeah, 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 which was with, with the Sarasota Chamber, correct? That's right. Uh, it used to be a standalone initiative uh, created and funded by Gulf Coast. And I met Mark through it. I became uh, the first employer to uh, to understand, adopt, and, and love the initiative and, and were the beneficiary of such at the time. And uh, as, as Mark likes to say, uh, he he reached out to bring me on to his team a couple of times. And I was um, one track mind in healthcare. And, uh, and the last time he invited me um, to connect, I decided to come in in person and, and say no face to face. And I walked away after the most amazing visioning session uh, that he and I had where we planned what we were going to do together to take Gulf Coast to the next level. And it was an accelerating experience uh, that I'll never regret saying ultimately yes to um, and joining uh, the world of philanthropy, a, a very different universe than healthcare. What, what what surprised you when you when you're thinking of going into philanthropy? What surprised you? Because we all have misconceptions or pre preconceived notions about certain industries before we ever work in them. And what surprised you when you started working at Gulf Coast? I, I first of all felt um, the industry chose me and not the other way around. I'd served on several boards, but I'd never had the true insight um, that, that uh, Mark afforded me in this role. And so, so after being chosen by philanthropy, um, I came in with a set of expectations um, that we would save the world, uh, you know, in all in all facets, and all in all colors, and all shades. And um, what I realized, I think, is that uh, you cannot impact every single cause every single time. That there is such a thing as death by opportunity, and that if you are going to be affected, you must be strategic. Yes. Uh, and we do that really well on Gulf Coast with our star-studded board of visionaries and thought leaders, um, truly thinking through where we can have the greatest impact in our region. Uh, though our, donor, our donors um, certainly contribute to causes all throughout the world, uh, we focus on this region, uh, right? South uh, County, uh, Charlotte, Sarasota, DeSoto, some of Manatee as well. Um, and uh, and we focus on a region, but there is um, a really intentional approach on where to have the biggest uh, impact and the most effectiveness. You know, it's, it's interesting as you were talking, I was thinking about how Steve Jobs used to say, of Apple used to say, that Apple was just as proud of what they did not do as what they did do. And you cannot swing at every opportunity out there. You get spread too thin. So it's, 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 it's interesting to hear about how strategic you have to be. So, well, then let's get into some of that strategy. Let's get into some of that focus that Gulf Coast has. Um, what are the areas that the Gulf Coast tries to impact the most? So as you can uh, probably tell from our recent uh, rollout of the disaster relief response, we are here for our community in those emergent times of needs as we were with our COVID-19 response. 
Um, we also focus on a very regular basis um, on the environment, big, big uh, work there, uh, with examples being the Bay, uh, the Legacy Trail, uh, our water quality playbook, uh, and so much more work we do to preserve the environments, to conserve our parks and our region uh, for the future. And uh, health and human services, most certainly in partnership with so many nonprofits that do incredible boots on the ground work in our region, civic and economic development um, by working in partnership with our organizations. And you mentioned a couple earlier, um, the chambers, for example, um, to advance that, that in the region and make us more attractive. Um, and um, education as well, huge partnership with Sarasota District, school district rather, um, and uh, reading recovery and so many other programs we have along those lines. And arts and culture, certainly supporting all of the mecca that Sarasota is uh, in the arts with all of our partners. And um, we have uh, ventured into other areas in our past work. I mentioned Career Edge and launching initiatives that are now standalone, which we are very proud of uh, the work that we've done in the past as well. Now, you mentioned you fund some some nonprofits. I mean, a couple of that I've had uh, on the podcast is Jessica Hayes at Spark, mm-hmm. Stacey Efall at Sale of Freedom. Uh, you know, two wonderful gals doing great work. Uh, that was episode 30 and episode 52 for my listeners, by the way, if you want to go back and listen. <laughs> and stand with Frank with All Faith Food Bank, our dear That's friend. right. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> you did your homework, too. So, so now, are those the type of organizations that you would fund? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. But, you, but you've also gotten into much larger projects like the Bayfront. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what was it like? Because it just recently opened up, and uh, I had Michael. Michael Clover was one of my early guests on the show, and he, he I, he's a fascinating guy. Cause he was very instrumental in kind of getting the Bayfront project off the ground X number of years ago. But what was it like working on that project and, and getting it funded? And you know, just give our listeners a, a view of what that looked like. Uh, I will give you a very high level on that and save uh, the detail for my very good friend, John Thaxton, who took an incredible leadership role in the birth of what is today the Bay um, nine years ago, almost to the day, um, early October would have been the anniversary of the beginning of Gulf Coast involvement and the creation of what, what will be the greatest park uh, not only in Florida, but beyond. Uh, and, and yeah, in, in, in our work, um, not only for this initiative, but many, all others, we go through a, an intentional research and development project um, that um, allows us to assess the resources needed, the people, the manpower needed, and the critical policy components that will launch successfully an initiative of this size. Um, and it's really through collaboration and catalyzing change that we do what we do. Uh, and yes, uh, John and Mark uh, in a group of our dearest donors um, thought through this, this incredible uh, Bay Park Conservancy idea. And um, as you know, our uh, the board of the Bay is star-studded as well with um, Mr. A.G. Laffley and Jenny Compton. Right, right. Um, Carl Sikisada. And 
they have now established their own entity, right? The Conservancy um, leads the efforts to launch the park and continue on the future phases of evolution. But it started with Gulf Coast, with John Thaxton, with uh, Michael Clauber and, and other donors. And the, the biggest component of this initiative was the R&D and also the public policy work that needed to be done, getting mm. our community uh, to assess the need, to buy into the need, and to create the project plan to remove barriers that existed to gain collaboration between city, county, and private um, and, and philanthropic uh, entities uh, to create what is what is now the Bay. Let's talk a little bit more about donors and funding because I wasn't really clear on how the foundation really had the, where the resources came from. And so I find it interesting, the difference between public and private foundations. Mm -hmm. But from the research I did, the foundation has been around for 25 years. There was a sale of the Venice Hospital and that, that, those funds are what initially went to establish the foundation. But from that point forward, funds come to the foundation for both private and public sources. Is that correct? So I'll um, maybe take a couple steps back and kind of define the, the private foundations and public charities um, Great. for the listeners. Uh, so a private foundation is a nonprofit charitable entity that is generally created by one single benefactor and it's usually an individual or a business um, through an endowment of funds, right? Those funds are protected um, so that the organization can last into perpetuity. A public charity uses publicly collected funds to direct supports to its initiatives. And the most substantive difference between the two is the manner in which funds are acquired. Okay. Uh, we have um, over 800 families under our umbrella, okay. donors who have a deep passion for the causes and the initiatives we do, and who choose Gulf Coast because of our um, reputation, uh, the R&D process I was sharing with you about earlier, uh, because of our reach and because of our connectivity to the nonprofit partners that get the work done in our in our community. Um, so. Uh, we do have a, a wonderful array of partners uh, that make that happen. And beyond that, uh, where the funds come from, uh, there are other assets that make Gulf Coast possible. And those are the incredible relationships we have with county commissioners, with the city, with private entity and, uh, and uh, organizations such as FCCI and Willis Smith. And so uh, together, with our donors, we transform our region through bold and proactive philanthropy. That is our mission, and it's truly what we do every day. That's fantastic. And, and as I was thinking, talking about that, when someone donates to the foundation, and let's say a wealthy family, they're going through estate planning, and for they want to give part of their wealth away, they come to you with their estate planner or their banker or their financial advisor. They come to you and they will donate those funds. Is it typically, does that go into a single pool or do they set up a fund themselves? So there are many options uh, for that, for that family or group uh, to come to Gulf Coast and retain their advisor and their advisor may manage their funds um, or create a fund at Gulf Coast, whether it's a donor advice fund or it is a field of interest fund, or it is 
just a legacy that is endowed uh, without restrictions so that Gulf Coast can further their intent into perpetuity. Uh, that's our favorite kind uh, that allows us to be more nimble and flexible and responsive to emerging community needs that perhaps during the passing of that family member may not have existed. And so the flexibility is uh, what allows us to have the greatest impact. Uh, but yes, you mentioned earlier, Gulf Coast was created as a result of an endowment in its in its infancy. Uh, it's now almost uh, 27 years old, or 27 actually years old, um, this past September. And uh, we, we were born as a result of the sale of the Venice Hospital. That's directly across the street of our headquarters in Venice, Florida. And uh, those initial 80 plus million dollars were invested internally so that they could help grow the endowment and expand the footprint of the foundation into the long-term future. And after that, we began adding other donor and public uh, parties uh, dollars to continue to meet our public charity status as well. Um, and, and we grew and we grew not only from the investment of those assets, but again, from those additional contributions of our esteemed donors. And so we are much larger today, um, but much more proud of uh, the than, than we are of the assets uh, that we hold and the ability that they give us to impact the community is the grants we have issued and the work we do to get those dollars out into the community. We have blessed our region with over $430 million in the life of Gulf Coast. Oh uh, and it's a rather young foundation that is yes. Uh, yes, that is. That is very, very significant. So so if a, when a donor comes, and you, you said there's several different ways that they can do this, but does a donor actually direct these funds once they, they give it to you? Or is it, no, once you, you let it... I ran into this with my parents' estate a number of years ago. Once you release those funds, um, then it's up to the foundation to direct those. Right. And, and so you're probably... Re- referring to the donor advised funds. Those are funds that are uh, private family, for example, might yes. donate to Gulf Coast. When they do so, those funds are Gulf Coasts to manage, but there is such thing as what we call donor intent. And we have an agreement with a family that establishes their wishes and hopes for the impact of those dollars. So of course we try to leverage them and manage them up, invest them internally or through that private advisor if that family chooses to retain control of the investment of those funds. Uh, And then we release them into the community aligned with those recommendations from the donors. Uh, We actually have a a donor portal that allows our donors to direct um, funds, uh, but we have many other types of funds that allow different kinds of flexibility. I'm sure. I'm sure. That sounds fantastic. Now, you mentioned that your headquarters are in the Venice area, but you recently opened up a location right here in Sarasota. Tell us about that. Oh, am I so excited about to share that with you? (laughs) So, yes, we actually opened uh, an extension of Gulf Coast Community Foundation's Venice headquarters in downtown Sarasota at 1549 State Street. And it is just under 5,000 square feet. It was a a art gallery prior and prior to that a bank. uh, We engaged in a full renovation of the space so that it can fit our community's needs. It sits right across a parking garage. Uh, It has street parking. 
Um, and it has been utilized incredibly well in the sh just short of five weeks since we've opened. We have had uh, 125 meetings booked. Uh, we have had over 250 guests come through the doors. Uh, and we have incurred um, over 500, oh, sorry, 150 hours dedicated specifically to advancing the philanthropic impact of Gulf Coast and our donors in our community. Uh, but the cool thing is that the space is not for Gulf Coast, it's for our donors, it's for our business partners, it's for our community nonprofit partners. And we hosted a myriad of organizations in our walls for their board retreats, for planning sessions, strategic planning, for staff meetings, um, and all kinds of, of other endeavors in between. We've hosted community leaders and thought leaders to create public policy. Um, and there is just so much more to come. And it's only been five weeks. That's wonderful. That, that's great. Well, I'm curious because, you know, I have a lot of millionaires and a lot of billionaires listen to my podcast. <laughs> However, <laughs> if someone's listening to this and says, you know, the foundation sounds wonderful, but I'm not in a position to donate right now. Can you volunteer or be involved with the foundation in other ways? I mean, do you have we volunteer have, opportunities or? We we do not have specific volunteer opportunities we coordinate at Gulf Coast, but we certainly partner with the nonprofit partners in the area and they do. Uh, so we can certainly direct and support uh, in that endeavor. We also have our one of our initiatives, Invest in Incredible. Invest in Incredible is a cohort of consultants that uh, gets to work with me, actually. It's it's one of my babies. Um with the sole purpose of increasing the capacity and optimizing the way that the nonprofits in the area work um, so that they can be more effective, more efficient, and more impactful. And so Invest in Incredible is an opportunity, too, for those who are um, consultants or who are looking into their next phase of their career and want to offer their services to make the community a better place. Oh, that's wonderful. What are you excited about right now? Actually, before we answer that question, give me your favorite story today since you've been with the foundation since 2018. There's got to be somebody or a project or something that you were most excited about, you're most proud about, that you said, look, we see that we're really doing good work here. What was that? That is the toughest question because I could rattle off so very many initiatives that we have worked in that are my favorites all together at once. But recently, uh, in my mind, I'll tell you about two. One of them was uh, is the philanthropy center that we opened and the impact that it will have to further our reach into the community and to support our donors and nonprofit partners. So that one is top of mind. And also our hurricane Ian disaster recovery and relief um, efforts. What is so unique about Gulf Coast is that we are a very agile organization. We had prepared the potential uh, initiative around uh, disaster recovery prior to the hurricane. And despite the fact that all but one person in our team lost power, internet, and connectivity, and cell phone altogether, uh, we were able to work through and launch uh, the initiative the Monday after the storm. And to date, we have infused the community with over $1.1 million dedicated specifically Wonderful. to hurricane recovery. Uh, Wonderful. Recovery. 
Wonderful. And it's just heart wrenching when you get on the internet and you see a lot of the homes that were destroyed in Fort Myers Beach and mm-hmm. it was just terrible and whatnot. But it's, it's wonderful that you and so many other organizations are there to help us. And, and it kind of comes back what you said from the outset, which is we are incredibly blessed to live in this area because we have resources where we can help one another when something like that happens. And certain countries around the world don't have that or mm-hmm. certainly not as much. So, well, what are you excited about? So you already mentioned the new center that opened up down State Street. What are you excited about going forward then? Well, I'm super excited about our board retreat. It's coming up. And whenever we host uh, the fall retreat, our generative retreat, our board comes up with fabulous ideas that allow us to propel into the future. Are these um, ideas that you have to implement? Yes. <laughs> they come up with the ideas, but you do the work, right? Yeah, I've been a part of that in the past. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it, we were talking about it earlier is that, that death by opportunity, right? You teeter yes. uh, on a line there uh, because we want to make a difference in so many places, but, uh, but our, our work and our board's minds and hearts right now are focused not only on the recovery from Hurricane Ian, but also uh, on furthering our impact in the mental health area in affordable housing and certainly continued focus on the environment. So those would be my top three. I can't give you one. All right. All right. Well, Veronica, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We appreciate you coming on because you all do wonderful, wonderful work. And I encourage my listeners to go to the foundation's website, which can be found at gulfcoastcf.org. And uh, we certainly will put this in all the show notes so you can find out more about the foundation Veronica, once again, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and I hope to have you on in the future. That way, we can talk a little bit more about Argentina. That's right. We can have an episode <laughs> dedicated to food and places to visit. Oh, my it's goodness. Been All right. A pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> my pleasure. Thanks again. Bye bye, everyone. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.